0: base rate has got to be it's got to be uncomfortably low right it has, to be uncomfortable. it has to be it has to be low enough that it's going to starve the guys out and you don't run around
1: what's up joel what's up man how's it going good hey we got a we got a good guest on here today i know i see that who is that guest who's that guy the man of the hour bo mckenzie Yay. bo mckenzie the man of the hour what's going on bo
0: you said it was a half hour so it's the man of the half hour right
1: Oh, yeah man of the half hour sorry
0: i'm not quite to <laughs> the level of full hour
1: <laughs> dude an hour is a long time to talk hour yeah, is a long time a to, talk.
0: to talk, for sure
1: yeah, yeah. so boat you own full speed plumbing in i don't even know where to say you are but you're in what
0: western washington we kind of we kind of cover a lot of the, the upper the upper two-thirds of the i-5 corridor in washington state we cover mm. um pretty much Pretty much everything from uh, just south of Olympia all the way to the Canadian border, which is probably a three, three and a half hour drive, top to bottom.
1: Nice. Well, so that's a big area. Pretty big. Yeah. Pretty huge. So when you're like, how does that work when you're, I know you have three locations mm-hmm. and I've wondered this about your business for a while that I've never asked you. Okay. But how does that work for like guys going to the parts stores? Do you stock parts at your shop? Do you, they go to the parts store when they need stuff? How do you That's work that question?
0: So we stay pretty lean on, on our, on our shops. I'm, I'm not big into carrying a lot of inventory. I, I've been bit on that before where, you know, you end up carrying stuff that goes obsolete and then, you know, you got $20,000 or something that is good for nothing, but, you know, saving until somebody needs a part off it. Or if it's brass, take it to the scrap yard, but I've. I have, in in my career, dumped probably near $100,000 of stuff in the dump because I couldn't find mm-hmm. use for it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so what we do is we stay real lean, even in our shops. I, I'm pretty, pretty particular in our shops. We carry one to two trucks worth of inventory in any one of our shops. And then what I've done beyond that is uh, that we actually have a string of mini storage units is what we've actually gotten that I have set up with shelves exactly like I have our trucks set up. And, uh, and, and so the guys can find stuff really easily because they're in the exact same places. And, uh, and then instead of having, you know, shop boys or whatever, whatever the guys order out, they take back and they're supposed to restock. And, uh, and that Mm -hmm. works pretty well for the most part. Sometimes you got to crack down on a guy for not doing it, but but for the most part, they do pretty Mm -hmm. well with
1: it. So they go to the connex, they pull parts out. And then they're responsible for restocking it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so what our guys do is they'll actually order from the supply house with a PO number of their truck, or uh, of their truck or their truck slash shop. If it's their truck slash shop, then it's going to come in a box with that shop on it, and uh, and they know that they need to get it back into the shop they took it out of. Our guys mm-hmm. make an order at the end of every day, and then that way they get a box usually middle of the next day um, at, at their at the shop that they work out of. They'll get a box and uh, they open it like Christmas morning and restock their truck. Yeah.
1: Nice. We I try like to that.
0: keep as much we try to keep as much small as possible. So we keep it on the guys. Sure. The guys control their own trucks that truck and now our trucks are a little different than what a lot of guys are going to run. I mean, we run 14 uh, foot box trucks, and uh, our shops are set up. So we, we set them up for what we call a 93 to 97% uh, today. And right now that's how we word it. Uh, so our trucks literally have an electric water heater, a gas water heater, a tankless water heater. Um, they've got a budget and a premium toilet. They've got, um, uh, two or, or yeah. Um, two budget, uh, lab faucets, two premium lab faucets, a budget kitchen faucet, as well as a premium kitchen faucet. They have all, all the pieces and parts. My guys can usually do a repipe out of their truck. If they're carrying enough stuff. So we run our shop our, our trucks kind of are our shops is how we do it. And then our guy is responsible to maintain and manage his own shop so we kind of keep that real small puts a lot more on the guys but we compensate our guys pretty heavily too so if if they're if they're performing well then then it it, it pays off to them so right. they kind of fall in their control but it's also it's also lots expected of them and and uh, with that comes with great expectation great reward they come hand yep. in hand right mm-hmm.
1: so that kind of points to like the beauty of like niching down cuz i know a lot of people want to yeah, do plumbing and heating, which I do mainly because I'm in a tiny little market and heating is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, like I know I even have clients, they're in a big market and they're trying to do plumbing and heating. I'm like, dude, just do one or the other, mm-hmm. like, make up your mind already. Yeah. Cause like you said, you can store all that stuff on your truck. You can have yeah. faucets, you can have all the shower valves, you can have the water heaters, yeah. you can have the toilets. Um, and then you can offer those services cheaper than if you didn't, right? Yeah. And still make your profit margins. Yep. Is that kind of the thought behind that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, again, it comes down to simplicity. Just just keeping it real simple. <laughs> simple is scalable. I mean, that's just all there is to it is you can just keep repeating and, and repeating simplicity. The beauty of it actually comes down to the fact that that if you do it right and market correctly, you, you can hire guys wherever you get an uptick in call volume so that's mm-hmm. kind of how we've ex- expanded out the way that we have if i start getting call volume over here you know we kind of toy with our marketing you you and i have played together on some we kind of toy with uh-huh. our marketing a little bit if i get an uptick in an area so now i'm making a guy drive an hour every day over to this you know or or every other day that tells me that i probably need to put get a presence there and instead of renting right. a stop there or whatever we start we start uh, doing recruiting missions up there and i try to find a guy out there now if i put a truck which it, our trucks are billboards So if I put a truck in a neighborhood in a guy's driveway and it's driving in and out of that neighborhood, we, we see a second uh, uptick then at that point. And then Mm you're actually putting intentional marketing in that area and you see another uptick.
1: So what point in time would you, like, once you get a guy there, you've got an uptick, you've got a truck there. Mm -hmm. At what point in time would you invest in like a shop or something like actual physical presence there?
0: Usually if I can, if I can support three to four guys out of an area, I'm looking to to go physical presence. Now we, we did, uh, we did start one the other way where we actually did the shop. And then I, um, <clears> and, <throat> I, and I started pushing it and it really hasn't worked anywhere near as well as uh-huh. getting the, getting the workflow and then spreading.
1: Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, that's cool. That's cool to think about. Cause you're in such a big area that, you kind of have to do that.
0: Well, the thing about the thing about, you know, Seattle Metro, I hate saying Seattle Metro because then people think that I'm from Seattle and nobody wants to say they're from right, Seattle. Right. But, <laughs> right. People people around the around the US and around the world, I have to say I'm from Seattle or else they have no idea what I'm talking about. But that Seattle Metro area is not it's not like a lot of areas where it kind of spread out like this because we have the Puget Sound on one side and then we have the mountains on the other. Right. So what ended up happening is that Seattle Metro goes real long and skinny. I mean, it's, uh-huh. you know, I, I'll, I'd be willing to bet that within the next 10 years, the Seattle Metro will literally go from the Canadian border to the Oregon border. There's a break right now um, just just south of Chehalis that runs down to, to Longview. But it used to be that it ran down to Longview and then there was another break to Portland. There's no break to Portland anymore.
1: Oh, that's crazy.
0: From Longview, to, from Longview to Portland is almost completely a metro area all the way through now. There's a few yeah. little spots, but almost completely. I mean, you think about it. What's going to happen is is the Portland metro, and the Portland metros and Seattle metros are actually going to meet. It's, it's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. At, <laughs> at this time. So
0: so what ends up happening because it doesn't go out like this. I can't really have a you know which which causes some issues in marketing. To be honest with you, I can't really have a, a hot spot and then and then just kind of ping out from right. there. Because right. like my house, for instance, my house, um, when, when we had the shop actually in, in the shop, in my backyard back in the day, um, when we had that, if I marketed on something that was on radius in my area, it would always want to try to put swim in the mix. Squim's a town that's out on the peninsula. Swim is 16 miles as the crow flies from me. 16 yeah. miles is it. But if I were to drive to swim it'd take me three and a half hours.
1: Yeah. You gotta hop mm-hmm. on a ferry. Don't you?
0: You do have to hop on a ferry yeah. and, 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 uh, and so it's three and a half hours. If I catch ferries, right. By the way, I could actually I could sure. probably push that out even further in reality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so then that you can't really do radius. So you have to play a little bit different with it, but that's out, but It ended up long. And so instead of building one big shop, we really learned that keeping real simple, tight, small groups and, and scattering up and down made a ton more sense for our operations.
1: Right. Yeah so i want to go back to your your uh your little mini parts store idea because yeah. like where do you put those like how do you find how do you find storage a place unit. to put them
0: storage units
1: so they're just like you just go to get a storage unit and fill it up with stuff i get eight by fourteen <laughs> unit
0: storage units you know there's there's many storage units all over the place right, in the yeah. country. and and if you negotiate you can get them pretty cheap oh and by the way if you pay attention you'll find that most of them are actually owned by groups right so there are groups that actually own them so instead of negotiating on one of them you can negotiate on four of them if you get them half hour 45 minutes apart and then you place those outright now all of a sudden, you know, you get a couple water heaters sitting in there, you know, you get, you get some, some basic stock sitting in there. You've, you've opened it up to where you, you've allowed yourself to be able to spread a lot broader, but again, mm, sure. what yeah. we're going to do is we're going to set those shelves up exactly like our trucks are so that it's real simple, real lean one to two trucks worth of inventory tops.
1: And so all of them have the same stuff. So everybody knows what's in there too. So then you yes. don't have to track anything, right?
0: Yeah. All of our trucks are loaded identically. All of our shops are loaded exactly like our shop or like our trucks. Gotcha. Hmm.
1: That sounds cool. Cause what I run into is, you know, we do a lot of heating and it probably takes up the most of our truck stock. So yeah. the plumbing into things really just gets left behind. So our cost to do plumbing is really expensive because if we need a faucet, we're going to the store to get it. Oh If yeah. we need a water heater, we're going to the store to get it yeah. because we need so much heating stuff. Like seventy-five percent of our stuff is heating. And I should probably heat my own device and just stick to one or the other. Like don't do <laughs> and just do heating. I'd probably be better off. do be um, that or divide
0: two ways and just run two separate uh, things all together.
1: Yeah, and we kind of like we do that with our trucks. So we've got, you know, two guys mm-hmm. that are basically the plumbers mm-hmm. and they take the majority of the plumbing calls. Um but yeah, I guess we just haven't figured out a good way to do that but I like your storage unit idea. That's a yeah. Good one. yeah. No, it works
0: really well. I I mean, I imagine up there in Alaska, they have storage units all over the place just like we have here.
1: They do are just like we're in Fairbanks and it's so small. Like it's a five minute drive to the parts store Yep, pretty much no matter where you are. So oh, okay, we, we may as well just go to the parts store. So usually my right. guys, they can usually handle probably <clears throat> 90% of the calls off of their truck. Um, and then if not they run to the parts store yeah and they usually end up restocking i tell them just start your day at the parts store restock yeah. from the day before and yep you're good yeah. and uh, they they all know if they bring anything back to the shop i'm gonna throw it away because <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate stuff in my shop
0: so what we do is we, we have just a and again all about simplicity we we have a whiteboard on the back of every truck so as the guys take things off yep. their truck they whiteboard it on or they just write on yep. whiteboard and then at the end of the day they're they're expected to, to call in um an order with the po of their parts uh with their or PO of their truck i mean
1: and then the does the parts store deliver that to your shop location
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: cool yeah yep. they'll just yeah.
0: request whatever shop that, that that they're dispatched out of um that's their their home base right it'll go to there we well, can even well, this the supply houses even know where our, know where our storage units are so so we can do things like hey drop it off here but we're a hmm. lot more it out i mean five minutes you say five minutes to a supply house man i kill for that sometimes i mean yeah. um you know if, if you're out if you're out in some of our areas you know you'll be 45 minutes to the supply house and, right. and so you know 45 minutes there 45 minutes back and then you know supply houses and plumbers they're going to be there for an hour and a half so yep. just we've just basically burnt a half day like yeah it's
1: it's gone and so when you run into those situations like that do your, do you train your guys to bill that time to the customer? Like, Hey, I know I got to go to the parts store, so I'm going to add this time into my estimate Yes, and sell it with the time in.
0: Yeah. And those are pretty minimal. I mean, they really are Mm -hmm. pretty minimal just because of how we look at trucks. Again, (laughs) 93 to 97% today and right now. So, I mean, you're talking about a a three to 7%, you know, you know, and thing that'll happen. I mean, it's, it's not, uh, the occurrences are so small. It's just
1: right to where if you did lose an hour and a half, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's not going to kill you.
0: Yeah, because it's yep. I mean, it's happening once a month, maybe. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not a common occurrence. And if you've got a guy that's happening to all the time and th- by the way, this is part of the reason why I preach peace rate so much, because the guys will stop having problems with this if you pay peace rate because right. they don't want to lose an hour and a half. So yep. what will happen is, is they'll actually load their trucks correctly because it means that they're not going to lose money out of their back pocket. It keeps them more profitable to their own picture.
1: Right. Yeah. And you've got to like, do you mind talking about your piece rate and how you, how you structure it? You kidding? I, I geek out about
0: my piece rate. I love my piece rate. I <laughs> well, about it because
1: yours is a little different.
0: Yeah, no, I I do have a little different one. Um, So Washington State is, um, uh, well, it's difficult labor things. It it just is uh, politically. So um, we have to be able to prove that we pay minimum wage. Our state probably is one of the harder states. I I think California and us are probably the two worst in, in those ways as far as how our state just gives us troubles. But um, I, I figure if you can do what I'm doing in my state, you can do it anywhere. So basically what we do is we run two time cards on every guy. We run their actual time card. We run their performance time card. Their actual time card is figured on a on a lower base rate. And I could tell the, I could tell you the numbers. The problem when I say this, a lot of times when I when I talk about this to people, if I actually put the numbers out, they'll think that I'm saying they have to use those numbers. Put whatever numbers you need to put in. It doesn't matter. Just the mm-hmm. structure, build on it. But, but so we run two time cards. We run an actual time card, we run a performance time card. And uh, so the, the actual time card is a really low base rate, uh, as close to your state's minimum wage as you feel comfortable doing. That's really what I, what I tell people, is as close to your state's minimum wage as you feel comfortable doing. So you're gonna bring that down real low. And the idea is that this, the, the, the actual time card is really for nothing more than just keeping the state happy, because you're gonna, you're gonna keep record of this. So what's going to happen is you're going to have that. And then you're going to have the performance time card. The performance time card uh, is is clocked off of off of sold, completed, collected. So every task that we have has got a time allotment to it. So that time allotment gets and, and it's built right into our job code. So it stacks up. Right. So right. what happens is if a guy is more efficient then he gets paid more, if he's less efficient then he gets paid less, just right. kind of what it is. So that's sold, completed, collected. Uh, if they if they sell complete and collect a thing, then that gets put onto their performance time card. We post that performance time card live, by the way, in our shops. Uh, we actually have a, a shared file with, uh, with Apple on, on the little Apple mini computers. And then we have a TV screen up so uh, the guys can see live all the time what the other guys are doing, what they're doing. It, we, we really do encourage a lot of competition with, not competition against. We're really big on that. Um, but so they're going to see that, right? So as as th- those add up, we get to the end of the pay period. Whichever time card is bigger at the end of the pay period, that's the one that the guy is going to get paid on. doesn't matter which one mm-hmm. it is. Everyone's right. bigger is the one they're going to get paid on. And then the beauty of that is because the actual time card sitting over here, if the state decides to bust your chops about something, you're going to keep that in your records and you're going to show, no, I paid them above minimum wage, even with the time and a half for any overtime they might've worked. Right. Right. So yeah, you can really easily prove that I paid them more than what I had to.
1: Yeah. And that's going to be pretty tough for them to not make more than minimum wage. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Well, they'd have to be doing really bad.
0: Yeah. Hours, for instance, uh, our, (laughs) Our uh, we call it pie. <laughs> we call it pie in house is, is what we call it. Our pie on that is ninety an hour for any journeyman. So, gotcha. um, so and then our base rate that we have is eighteen dollars an hour. If if you can't in a week's time, we pay once a week. If you can't in a week's time beat that, you're pretty lousy. I mean, it's just all there mm, is. Yeah, it's either that or it's a really really dead week. But it's got to be a crazy dead week to even get below uh, uh, that, guys. Guys just rarely ever end up on base rate. I mean, it's, right. it's mm-hmm. pretty rare. And a guy who does end up on base rate, especially if you, if we have call volume and a guy ends up on base rate, I know exactly what I need to do with that guy.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did <laughs> you, you find that those guys end up just leaving anyways? Just because they're not making any mm. money?
0: Yeah, no. which is part yeah. of the beauty of it is that <laughs> the, the thing I love about our piece rate structure is it self-regulates, right? Mm-hmm self-regulates on inventory. It self-regulates on efficiency. It self-regulates on the guy's not wasting time. It self-regulates on the guys, you know, the guy that, that, that clocks out for a half hour lunch break, but basically is useless for an hour and a half. You know, we've all had that guy. Um, you know, because then he, then he's got his gut full and he's, he's half asleep because he went and ate, you know, a five course meal at lunch. You know, like, what are you doing? Of course you're gonna be a slug after that. Well, it self-regulates all that, right? So it self-regulates, uh, a guy is showing up on time. It's self-regulate I and everything just self-regulates uh, when you do it, when you do it right. Um, and, and that's the big thing about any any pay structure. You have to understand pay structures, uh, pay structures, incentivize something. Every pay structure incentivizes something. So if yep, you ask yourself, true. what is salary incentivize? Salary incentivizes availability, right? That's what it incentivizes you're going to be available 24 seven. That's why I'm paying you salary. Are you going to work 24 seven? No, there are going to be times of insanity and there are going to be other times of boredom. That's what salary does. Right. Yep. Um, but, but I, I need you to be available. So I'm an incentivize availability as a salary incentivizes. And then you've got, and then you've got a uh, commission commission really only incentivizes sales. And this is the reason why I'm actually not a big fan of commission because I don't think it serves the customer very well. Quite honestly, I think commission right. actually limits the service to the customer. And then you have, and then you have um then you have peace rate peace rate i think done right incentivizes uh true service right and the last mm-hmm. thing you have is hourly what is what is hourly incentivize either one of you want to guess
1: Joel, taking um, a really short time is that right going as no, fast as you can No, <laughs> oh, dang it okay, Hourly incentivizes being there Oh That's, right! right. Oh, really oh, I get it. Hourly yeah. incentivizes trip to the parts store. That's what it incentivizes. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: I, I think oh, yeah. my favorite one ever was a guy took a he. he uh, you guys don't know the area, but but a guy took and drove to uh, Five Guys, the nearest Five Guys for lunch. He's like, I really wanted Five Guys. The problem was the nearest Five Guys was an hour away. He <laughs> nice. clocked me off for the half hour. that He was at Five Guys. <clears throat> But he drove Good an work. hour each way, my truck, my fuel. Mm-hmm. On yeah. my clock. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's back when we paid hourly. I don't get that anymore.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. Just
0: put it away. So, yeah. So,
1: is there any downsides that you see to piece rate?
0: The downside uh, the, the downside that really does come in is you kind of have to keep an eye on guys as far as... Um, you have to keep an eye on guys as far as them caring enough about the customer. So you do have to kind of watch that a little bit because there's a matter of efficiency, but then there's kind of that cutthroat efficiency as well. And so you you do have to kind of keep an eye on them that way, but how we, how we do that. So our, our managers act as our dispatchers is how we play that out. And, uh, and in doing so what, what our manager does is our guys only get one call at the end of that call. They're going to get what we call our six point checklist. And uh, so they're going to call into the manager. They're going to say, "Okay, I got that done." The manager is going to go through and debrief them essentially on it. You know, uh, how were the discounts put in? When were the discounts put in? Those types of things. were their discounts put in? What were the options provided? Uh, things like, did we get pictures? How are the notes? You know, and and so like if there mm-hmm. aren't notes, my manager is going to be like, "Hey, get notes in here. Call me back." Click. Yep. Right. Yep. Hey, there's no pictures. Get pictures in here. Well, I already left the customer's house. Well, I guess you'll have to go back, click. Right? Yep. And and uh, you know, played right, the manager <clears throat> kind of holds that in. So so if you play that out, you can kind of take care of those issues. And so the way the way it works, our guys do not get their next job dispatched to them until they have gone through the six point checklist successfully. If they fail the six point checklist, go home, get refreshed, tomorrow come back ready to follow the rules. Yeah. Which again, yeah. the piece rate self regulates because he now just got cut off for whatever he would have made the rest of the day.
1: Right. Yep. He's no longer going to get his $90 an hour for all the hours he sold. Yeah. Yep.
0: So it works really well to, to how you have to, how you have to watch that one is with your managers. Your managers have to degrade, yeah. Yeah. have to make right. sure that that's happening. But if your manager, <laughs> if your managers are doing their part correctly, then your then your guys, it that's not even so much an issue but that is the downside is guys becoming too efficient and and by efficient cutting cutting the service to the customer Mm
1: -hmm. right so then i know people are going to ask like you're paying them piece rate which kind of incentivizes them to hurry up and get in and get out right Mm -hmm. um and so you've got the service side solved but what do you do about callbacks like how back. do you prevent them That's from, uh, you know, quality of work. You
0: quality. Correct. Um, so with callbacks, there's no peace rate on callbacks. And even worse, if you're, if you're, if you happen to not be in that day, let's say you went on vacation, you get a callback when you're, while you're on vacation. Uh-huh. Um, then one of the other texts is going to go do it and you owe him the pie that he required to do it.
1: Gotcha. So do you track it like, however long it takes that guy to go fix your mi- mistake that's how many hours he owes the other guy five, yeah i'd take a long time on that repair <laughs> <laughs> back to hourly right there five guys here we come
0: i don't think you would because then then when the guy gets back from vacation he's probably going to hate your guts and you know you do have to work with these people still
1: yeah and then if i have a call back and he takes it he's, he's going to take a say, time. just yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be more five guys
0: more five guys yep more
1: five guys <laughs> huh cool yeah i like that okay anything else you see any other things you come into with peace rate
0: no not really uh I, well yes the one the one other thing is because peace rate is odd to this market i mean it's it's been in hmm. it's been right. used in the automotive industry forever but it is new to this market so convincing guys that it is a good pay structure is a little tricky until you get one guy who performs in it you get one guy performing in it, especially when you're posting it up on a performance board, you get one guy performing in it. And now all of a sudden when you're recruiting people and you show them and you explain it to them, what my favorite, it's actually one of my favorite recruiting tools is I'll take my, my recruit that I'm talking to in there. I'll show them the performance board, explain our, P, our piece rate structure. And then I'll be like, Oh, excuse me. I gotta do something in the other room and I'll, I'll leave. I do it every time. Every time I come back, you know what they're doing? they got their calculator up on their phone and they're figuring out and they'll start being like, do you really pay that guy this much? Sure. did. Mm-hmm. Are you really going to pay this guy this much this week? Yup. And, uh, and, and so it allows them to kind of see the possibility of it. So the only other thing is, is the selling it to guys. And, and this, by the way, is the reason why I believe in a simple piece rate structure. There are a lot of people who try to use scaled piece rate. Um, I found scaled piece rate to be basically impossible to sell people on.
1: Can you explain that? I just barely understood it. Can you explain like what a scaled piece rate is? Okay. So
0: a scaled piece rate would be a, if you sell this many hours, you make this much per hour Mm -hmm. on those hours that you sold completely collected. Now, so let's say you're going to, you're going to get paid $25 an hour for anything under 20 hours you sell. If you sell 30 hours then we're going to bump you up to 45, but if you sell 40, then we'll bump you up to the full 90. That'd be a scale. Gotcha. Which is great. It actually really is it. In a lot of ways, I think it's superior. Uh, other than this, it's hard to comprehend. You're going right. to have trouble comprehending it. Your payroll is going to have trouble comprehending it. And well, your recruits are going to have trouble comprehending it. And quite honestly, I think your guys are going to have trouble comprehending it, which is going to lead to a lot of why didn't I get paid this? Or why did I what? And yeah, those those arguments all come in.
1: Yeah. And then they're going to be mad when they're like a half hour short of a pay bump. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we kind of do something we do as like a sliding scale or yep. we don't do piece rate because we're unions. So we can't. And their base wage is so high already that to then bump them up higher just doesn't really make a ton of sense. So they go, we bump them up as they sell hours. So like yep. once they sell their minimum, which is 25, yep, we bump them up like $5 an hour. Mm-hmm. And then once they hit 35, we bump them up even more. Yeah, and then if they sell forty, we bump them up. We bump if they sell forty, I'll bump them all the way to. I think we bump them all the way to seventy-five. Maybe we'll have to go to ninety. But yeah. What I found is that my guys make so much money on the check. I to this podcast.
0: podcasts are going to be like, "Hey, what about what's up with this?" Yeah. Well, well we don't tell them about huh? these podcasts. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, gotcha.
1: <laughs> so, but what we found is that, and I don't understand it at all, is that my guys make enough money on their check that they don't even care about the pay bump they could care less. Yeah, They're like, I make enough money. And that's, so that's it's really hard big. to incentivize them.
0: Yeah, the, the reality is for piece rate of any type to work, your base rate has got to be it's got to be uncomfortably low, right? It, it has to be uncomfortable. It has to be it has to be low enough that it's going to starve the guys out you don't want around. It, yeah. it, it actually has to be. And, and I know that sounds harsh and cold. But but it's, it's one of those things. And one of the things I've learned in building systems at all your systems need to be draconian so that you can be the nice guy. Mm -hmm. You got to make your Mm -hmm. systems ridiculously harsh. They they Mm -hmm. have I mean, they have to be straight up draconian harsh, because Mm -hmm. then you can come in and rescue guys from the system. Uh, And and it ends up being that hard wall that you can use to kind of negotiate with the guys. So like for us in that, if a guy falls below 20 for two weeks, he gets a PIP or performance intervention plan. He falls below for three weeks. He's out. No fans mm-hmm. or butts. He's out done. Mm-hmm. So what happens is now when I come to that performance intervention plan, I'm like, Hey, look, the system says that you're two weeks below 20, you know, let's say, let's say it's, it's, it's you, Jared. So it's like, Hey Jared, uh, you're two, two weeks below 20. Um, system says that next week, if you stay below 20, I'm going to have to let you go. Um, so I, we're going to we're going to do a PIP, a performance intervention plan. And basically, what's going to happen is I, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to talk to you and figure out, see if we can figure out why you're below. Are, are you cool with that? And I'm, getting, well, I'm going to get one or two reactions from you. I'm going to get screw you. It's everybody else's fault. My manager hates me, sends me to bad calls. We have nothing yep. but bad calls, blah, 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 blah. It's always about the calls you know, and, and, and passing off, not taking any responsibility at all, you're going to get either that reaction, or you're going to get the reaction of, please show me what I'm doing wrong. Okay, now yeah. that's a good guy. And you want to work with that guy. So now yeah. you're going to sit down with them, and you're going to look and figure out what he's doing wrong. Usually, you're going to find things like he's giving crummy options, if he's giving mm-hmm. three options, he's giving crummy options. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and well, OK, if he's giving crummy options, of course, you know, your options actually have to be valid. You know, I, the other day we had a guy that I had to address um, and, and he offered a, a toilet flapper, a minor rebuild and a, and a major rebuild. And I'm just like, <laughs> like <laughs> really, well, you if you deliver enough of those, you're going to fall below 20. I mean, for sure, it's yep. it's not even a, you're going to you're going to fall below 20. So now now I have the opportunity to come in and rescue him. I'm going to look at his options. Are, are those options? Are they, do they even make sense You know, mm-hmm. that they, they work at all? Or you'll get a guy who has, you know, his options. Yeah, he had three options. So he slipped through with the manager a few times. But, you know, you'll find like a toilet option, a, a water heater option and a kitchen faucet. Well, that's that's not even three options.
1: <laughs> that's, yeah,
0: we're, we're not even in the same world right now. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you're going to find things like that. Sometimes you'll find things like uh, they put discounts on every single option or they put their discounts on at the same time as they built their options. Well, now you're literally throwing away any sales leverage that you have. So you find those types of things. You'll find things uh, like they failed, like them failing to call in for manager discounts. Right. So the last ditch effort that we have is, is, okay, Mrs. Jones, how much were you hoping to spend on the plumbing? Right now she's going to lie because the number that she really wants to spend on plumbing is zero. Zero. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, uh, statistics say that less than 1% of U.S. households, less than 1% of U.S. households have a home repairs fund. However, 60% of U.S. households have either a boat or a vacation fund.
1: Right. (laughs) So
0: so that they don't have the money argument that you hear from your guys. Yes, they do just not in a home repairs fund because they didn't build a home repairs fund. Yeah. Um, Nobody it,
1: wants to spend their boat fund on their plumbing. Exactly. It's yeah, for my right. boat.
0: <laughs> yeah. Highly, highly important things here that we don't want to divert funds. For.
1: <laughs> I can live in my boat. All right. I can live in my boat.
0: <laughs> so so basically at that point, what we, what, what we teach our guys to do is, okay, how much were you hoping to spend now they're going to give out a lie and we all know it's a lie, right? They're just going to put out a number that, they feel is reasonable ish, right? Uh-huh. And this is a negotiating, a negotiating uh, a tactic is all it is. And, and it's, it's, it's wired deep inside the human anatomy to, to, to negotiate. And, yep. and, uh, and so they're going to throw out a negotiation number. And, and, and sadly, if you don't train your guys, right, what you're going to get is, we're just too far apart. There's no way your guys gonna tuck tail and run. At this point, what your guy needs to do is he needs to screw his heels in for a fight. And, and actually deal with this properly. So, okay. You were hoping to spend that much. I don't know. How, I don't know that I can get you to that, but here's what I'm going to do. I really want to get you taken care of. So I'm going to call my manager and I'm going to see how close to that I can get. I kid you not. Back when I was in the truck, I used to go call the manager. Yep. I'd the call the manager. Mind you, it was me, myself and I,
1: yep. so I would
0: hold up my phone and call the manager yep. in the truck. <laughs> Yep, and and uh, then then what we have is we have a, a, a series of manager discounts that our managers have, ranging all the way to our break even number, and so the manager is going to give those series of discounts um, depending on two things: how big a discount it is, is, depending on two things: how valuable the job is or how busy we are. Right. Yep. So if we're if our schedule's slammed, we're we're gonna manager's always going to give a discount, but it, it might be like a two and a half percent. I mean, it's like Mm-hmm. something but you know um but not necessarily great mm-hmm. uh um, right. you know and and then our manager can actually go all the way to to what our break even number is uh in that discount and your your discounts have to be valid they have to actually be something you can't just take money off um so so we actually have a series of discounts that our techs can give we have a series of discounts that our managers can give which can add up to a total of our break-even, um, and and that way we can get a customer taken care of. And I don't necessarily mind breaking even. Sometimes, I mean, if we're slow, right. opt- yeah. if we're slow, my manager might give a discount all the way to break-even, right? Yeah, might totally do that.
1: Yeah, pay your bills at least.
0: Yeah, at least cover. Yeah, and and that is that is a thing. It's coming out of the profit margin, not out of your not out of your bills, but
1: yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, at least you at least you break even. You're not making money, but you're not losing money. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's, that's how we do that. Um, really and so problem. at that
1: point, like when you're, when you've got somebody pulled aside and he wants to learn and he's eager to get better yeah. and he's gone through his two week, whatever, and you're at the PIP and you're sitting him down, do you, are you gracious with that person and work with them a little longer or cause a week to catch on like a week to get fixed their mistakes. I'll be personally sure. honest
0: in The three years we've been doing this, mm-hmm. I have never had a guy one not break 20 the following week.
1: Yeah, mm, sometimes cool. it's like 21, but uh-huh. that's fast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But
0: I have yet to have a guy not break, uh, not, not break that that 20 the following week. Mm. It's just, um, I, I guess it could happen, and now that I see that we're gonna have it happen, I'm gonna be like, oh well, Jared, hopefully, not.
1: Hopefully, I didn't jinx you
0: but uh but yeah i mean i we have yet to actually have a guy after a pip fail to 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 break 20. sometimes it's just barely beyond just barely beyond at least at least is the right direction and Mm -hmm. uh and and you know they're at least following through on the things that they need to follow through
1: yeah cool i like it one of these days one of these
0: days when when i sell my business and why i say when i sell my business because i don't think you can do this while you own a business one of these days, and I've already got the outline written, um, I have, <laughs> I, I'm going to write a book called failure or fire your way to success. Uh, there's been a failure way to success, but I'm writing fi- fire your way to success, but, uh, oh. and, and, and it really comes down, it's not actually firing. It's a matter of making a hard enough line that the guys don't want to cross it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Thanks for sharing all that. Oh yeah. You're like a, a wealth of knowledge. Well, well yeah taught. i learned a lot i took notes bo you should be proud of me right there Woo! it's almost a half page <laughs> you can write <laughs> just barely jared's trying to teach me but it takes <laughs> oh, a while okay. one of these days we'll get him writing yeah. yeah i keep sure. switching hands i don't know i just know one feels better than the other yeah, yeah for sure all right cool that's a wrap it's a wrap right on thanks bo
0: man hey, we'll see you, see you next guys time. yeah it was great anytime